Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope is a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the podcast uh, host, as well as lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Usually, this is where I give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. I'll still do that because he will be producing the episode, but we have a a special helper with us, uh, Dave Wright. who's our worship arts pastor. He's actually doing uh, helping us with the recording because Elijah is going to be part of the podcast itself. Um, but if, if you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, I, I want to welcome back um, from uh, last week's episode. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to do so. Uh, it's a invitation, introduction, to celebrate recovery, and and uh, we have talked about celebrate recovery on this podcast. But as we venture into this fall, it's a great time to to engage and to prayerfully consider if maybe your next step in your spiritual journey is to be a part of the celebrate recovery. And so I welcome back um, Betty Ryan, the executive pastor of Lead Pastor, leader of Celebrate Recovery, uh, to this podcast. Thanks for being here, Betty. Yeah, it's good to be here. And as I said, our, our producer. Uh, Elijah Merrill is actually part of this podcast. He's been a part of Celebrate Recovery for how many years, would you say? Oh, man. Um, at least five, maybe. Probably five, Ben to Okay. Okay, great. And so uh, he's going to be a part of this, too, because the, the, one, of the, one of the things we left off at um, last week was this idea of the 12 steps, and the 12 steps run all the way through Celebrate Recovery. And so there's this Friday night service. But you come, it's a celebration service, a lot of things happen, but he talked about that last week. And of course, they work through the steps at that night, and they have breakout groups that night as well. But the but for me, the sort of the ministry behind the ministry is 12-step studies, which is a little different. You're, you're getting the 12 steps if you come throughout the year. Um, you're talking about them. You're teaching it. It's the basis, I'm guessing, for conversations as you're heading up into these small groups that happen after the, the if I, for lack of a better word, the rally. Yes. Um, but there are small groups of individuals who are part of CR who um, go through 12-step studies. And, and I, wanna, I want you to unpack that for me and for the listener out there who's never been a part of a 12-step study or, or, or thought that CR was just something that happened on Friday nights. Um, what is a 12-step study? Um, what is a 12-step study? Let's start there. Betty, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that question to you first. Sure. A 12-step study is uh, – and I mentioned this on the last podcast, but really it's like you come to the Friday night, like you said, and there's uh, there's teaching and there's community, and then a group of people, and, and we uh, have men with men and women with women in this particular instance, and those people will join together maybe uh, eight to ten in a group, and they'll dig in for about a year and go through four different study books, which are full of the 12 steps and digging deeper into your own life. So on a Friday night, you may hear, because our ministry happens on a Friday night, you'll hear an overview of these things. But when you go to the step study, it's personal. So you really begin to dig in and apply some of those principles and those steps and those challenges and those... um, different steps that you need to take, different things that you need to do to your own life, uh, including being starting to dig out some of the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that you've experienced in your life. And you do it with a group of people 
who uh, stays the same throughout that entire process. So every weeknight, whichever night of the week it is that you go, it's it's once a week for nine months to a year, depending on how long it takes you to make it through these steps. You go once a week and you're with the same people. So you grow in relationship. How many people are usually a part of one of these smaller groups, these 12-step uh, small groups? I think they range anywhere from around eight to 10 people. Okay. And... Uh, and I'm amazed uh, at the end to see those eight to ten people be sad when the study is over. Sure, I'm sure you know you're you're working through some serious stuff together, build a lot of camaraderie and, and support, family type thing. Absolutely. Real quick, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. would you just read through the twelve steps? Sure, I can do that. So, um, step one is uh, admitting we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors. Our lives have become unmanageable. Uh, step two is we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. So we gotta we gotta come out of denial. And that. we define that right as celebrate recovery would define that higher power is God. Absolutely, absolutely. We and we're not shy about that. Yeah. Certainly. Um, step three is we make that decision. Then okay, we may recognize. Um, our higher power, but now we make the decision to turn our lives and wills over to the care of God. In the fourth step, we we begin that uh, searching for that fearless and moral inventory. It sounds scary, but it's 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 doable of ourselves, and we do that with help. Step five, we admit now to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. What is it that that happened? We start to talk about it. Step six, we're entirely ready now because we've admitted it and we've brought it out in the open to have God remove all of those defects of character. Um, and then step seven is we humbly ask him to remove all of our shortcomings. Step eight, we make a list. Now we're going to get into the work of what happens once we've recognized it. We make a list of all the persons we've harmed, and now we become willing to make amends to them. So there's forgiveness and amends that has to take place. And then, so we've made that list in step eight. Step nine is when we do the amends. We actually um, find these people whenever possible and make those amends as long as we're not hurting somebody in the process. Step 10, we take a personal inventory, and when we're wrong, we promptly admitted it. So we did our inventory, but we're not done. We do it regularly now so that these things can't build up. Step 11. So, wait a minute. Let me, yeah. let me stop you there. Yeah. So, so th- you learn the practice. Mm-hmm of in your daily life or whatever, right, of, of doing that inventory. Right. Wow, right. that's great. And and we have, as we go through uh, the teachings on it and in your step study, there are processes that we use to do that well and healthy, again, with others around you. Oh, that's great. Step 11, we um, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. And so praying for the knowledge of his will and, and what do you have for me because you can help me to carry that out. What is it? You've brought me to this place. Now what is it that you want me to do? And then step 12 is, and I love the way they word this, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps. In other words, having experienced God, having seen him work in your life and watched what he can do, now you're going to carry that message to others and you're going to practice those principles all those 12 steps, when they happen, you're going to start practicing them daily in your life. Wow. Now, Elijah, you went to a 12-step study. Yeah, yep. A few of them. You've gone through two of them. And some people do, right? Four of them. Four of them, okay. Sorry, I said, I'm sorry, a few of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so no, four, four of them. Okay. Take yourself back to the first time. Yeah. What led you to take the step to, to do that? <clears throat> so I was thinking about it, and... Um, I started working here at Crosswinds 
um, when I was 17. And so you have to be 18 or older to attend Celebrate Recovery. That's like the one, the one restriction is you got to be 18 or older. Um, and so I was 17 and I knew that, uh, people very close to me were involved in Celebrate Recovery and involved in CR. And, um, I, when I started working here, I was getting involved in, you know, tech and looking at the systems and stuff we had in place. And I remember just looking back now, it's totally God, but I remember, I remember turning 18 right around the time that I was like, oh, I could probably go and help them with some tech on Friday nights. You know what I mean? I could, I could probably go help, help out there. And, um, you know, so I remember, I remember going and checking it out for the first time with zero intention of staying and zero intention of being there for any reason other than to help out. And, um, which is, which is, which is interesting. And I know that that's not everybody's experience. You know what I mean? But for me, I remember walking through the doors and, you know, being greeted by people that I knew and, uh, some people that I certainly didn't know, uh, but acted as if they knew me, which was really comforting. And, um, I remember being like, "Hey, you know, this is really, really cool here. I'm, I'd love to help out, but I don't, I don't see myself sticking around." And um, I'll, I'll just, I'll just shout out Tim Ryan, who's a, uh, you know, is Betty's husband, who's like incredibly involved in CR and, and really close to me. And um, I remember seeing him there, and I was like, uh, he was like, "Hey, you know, about time you made it." And I was like. I was like, oh, I just turned eighteen. I came, I <laughs> you came as soon as you could. I came as soon as I could, and he was like, uh, he was like, well, now you got to get in a step study. And I was like, I don't think so. And he was like, he was like, oh, come on, you got, you got to do one. One starting up in in one month from now. Put put your name on the list, and maybe maybe you can go. And so, uh, fast forward a little bit. I remember him convincing me that I would get at least something out of it, and I. I put my name on the sheet. I was contacted by one of the guys that was leading it, and uh, we met for the first time. And um, it was evident to me after that first meeting, I was like, I get it, and I know why people do these. And it was terrifying also at the same time because it was like, man, I know that I'm going to dig into some stuff here that I didn't want to. I just wanted to come and help out with sound. Um, And... I, I stuck to it and I, I went a few more times and by like by like the fourth or fifth time that we met, it was like I'm I'm in the right place right now. And I'm surrounded by surrounded by people that are going through things similar to me, things that are not similar to me, but we were all connected on one level, which was we're here because we want to experience healing and change and together and and from Christ. And so uh and it's that's so unifying. One of the things I talk about in step studies all the time through the experiences that I've had with them is it's like you take a group of like, you know, I like to say like six to ten guys that would not hang out together outside of a step study, right? Different walks of life, different jobs or whatever. And by the end of it, they're the closest people that you've ever experienced. And that was it for me. Like I was the youngest guy in the room. You know, there was like, you know, guys that worked at car dealerships and, you know, mechanics and like just lawyers and everybody in the room. And like by the end of it, we were – I remember that we celebrated at the end of that step study. We went to a pool party together. And we were just like, you know, doing cannonballs and goofing off and having fun, you know. And it was like – it felt like I was with friends that I've known my entire life. Wow. Wow. You know. And so after that, it was like I'm in it. I'm in it now for the long haul, you know. But – but let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Is everybody who's involved in a 12-step study group involved in Friday night? 
Well, we— Friday night, by the way, for some of you who may not know, that's the night of the— uh, for lack of a better word, they probably don't even like me calling it this, but the rally, uh, the gathering, if you will, the large gathering. So the question is, you know, on Friday nights, as we have large, is everyone who's involved in a 12-step study group part of that as well? At one time or another. So they may learn about a 12-step because they attended a Friday night and they begin to recognize the importance of it in their life. I think jumping into a 12-step study without having first attended a Friday night, it could be confusing and you may not understand it all. You will eventually as you begin to participate. So my recommendation would be to attend a Friday night get to know a few people, begin to understand the ministry, and then your heart will be ready to really enter into a 12-step. But we do find that because it's quite a commitment, although recovery is worth that commitment, a Friday night and another night of the week might be hard for someone. So we will see some people take a break from the Friday night to enter into the 12-step, and when they're finished with the 12-step, they may come back to the Friday night or come back and forth. Well, let me, let me ask this question as I'm thinking about it. What stops a person or what would you say to the person who gets their hand on these, what did you say, four workbooks, right? Yes. Okay. What would, what, would, what would stop a person from getting their hands on these four workbooks and just doing it by themselves? And, and, and you know, maybe you're saying nothing, um, but why not, right? Why not just do it, get the book, do it by yourself, because then you're still alone in your secrets. So you've looked, you've worked through the books, and you you may write down all of these things, but you still haven't told anyone. And the telling is so important because you begin to see that people don't shy away from you like the world would tell you they will. They are in community with you, caring for you, helping you. They are also sharing experiences. So uh, what may have worked for this particular individual, maybe that will help you and you'll see that, oh, that would really help me in my life to try this or to do this. There's accountability. Certainly, uh, I won't even exercise without accountability. I need these things in my life in order to continue to to move forward and to grow in them. There are sponsors, people who have understood where you've been and can really help you come through it. We can't do it alone. And, and uh, the Lord doesn't ask us to do it alone. He asks us to do it with him, of course, him leading us. But then he provides people to be able to walk alongside us uh, to do it together. And so you can buy the books and try it on your lo- on your own. I have not seen it work. You know, and... Um, well, I'm hearing you say that, that, that part of the experience that God uses... You know, we say that, well, God will work through this, but he mm. works through the work that we do that he calls us to. Sure. That part of the part of God's working in this is the power of that community. Yes. Of that small group itself. So it's not just the working through the steps, it's working through the steps through the, you know, the inspiration of God's spirit, the work of God in your life with a community of believers. So there's this big picture of what happens in that twelve step study group that um, necessitates, if you will, community. With God and others. Right. It's three or more. Yeah. You know, it's when two people come together or when one person is alone and they fall, they have no one to help pick them up from Ecclesiastes. But when when you've got another person beside you to help lift you up, all of a sudden you can get your footing again and you can, can begin to walk forward. And anybody who's listening there, you know, and you're considering something like this, I would ask you also to consider if you've tried something before, did it work? And 
if you're listening and wondering, I would almost venture to be bold and say it didn't. So what can you do now to reach outside and find something where God can work in your life and can make a complete difference? Because the power of the enemy to desire to trip us up, there is a power there, but God is so much more powerful. Uh, and he uses people to walk alongside you to help in that process and to love and to guide you. Yeah, when you, when you're when you're in a when you're a disciple of Christ and, and you're understanding, you know, you're belonging to God and belonging to his church and becoming the person that God's called you to be, um, you need to be prepared that that the the enemy, the world, what I mean is the influences of the world and ourself, you know, all the things that would keep us from staying on track is working against us finding health. Yes. Us, us uh, uh, embracing the change that God has for us and the life that he's developed us for. And so having people around you, I'm sure, who are also experiencing those pressures and just encouraging each other has to have, a, in and of itself, a, a worth um, that's beyond really uh, being able to even express, right? I mean, and you said that, you know, all of us who have ever ventured uh, to make a, a, a change in our life know the importance of having some around us who are who are helping not just cheer us on, but also uh, call us out when we need to be to Absolutely. make sure that we're committed to that which we want to be committed to, and we do want that end result. But the end result usually takes work, and usually the work isn't always fun. It's usually hard, but it's worth it. And and having people speak into it, Elijah. I'm going to turn to you with this question, but you can jump in too. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I just going to ask Elijah the question though. You know. Um, not often, but every once in a while, I'll talk to somebody who said, I tried CR, it didn't work. And now I've been around long enough to ask a secondary question, you know, a question to help clarify. I said, so you've actually committed yourself to a, to a 12-week study group then? And I've never had anyone say yes to that question. It's always, I tried CR, it didn't work, which means they showed up on a Friday night. And by the way, some people, you know, because of where they are in their their process, they may show up for the gathering, but not go even to the breakout groups, which is a, happens usually after, right? The the gathering, and, and so um, talk talk about that. That that if you say, oh, I I, I tried CR, it didn't work, and two things, uh, you know, either they're not a, they never were a part of a twelve step study, or maybe they started but they didn't finish it. Sure. Yeah, so I that's uh, there's two distinctions there, and I love that that follow up question. Um, I think for the person that only attends on Friday nights, um, let me uh, let me back up even just a little bit further. So I'm uh, I'm a connect group leader at Student Ministry, and one of the things what's that, that mean? What's a connect group? Leader? So a connect group leader means I get actually this year I get the sixth grade guys. So all the sixth grade <laughs> guys that come into youth. On that Wednesday night, um, I get there's a there's a portion of the night where we break out for like 20 minutes, and we dig into what the lesson was about, and we ask some questions, whatever. And so I get to be that guy that gets to be in there with those sixth grade guys. And so I just finished. I went through. I, I did sixth grade all the way up to twelfth grade um, over the last six eight years or so. But um, one of the things that we ask those students on a regular basis and tell them is like, you know, you're only going to get out of this what you put into it. You're only going to get the as much energy as you pour into this and coming here on Wednesday nights is is what you're going to get out of it. And it's the same exact thing for, for step studies and for CR. If you come on a Friday night and you, 
you show up. So like we let people in the door, like whenever they show up, they start getting there about six o'clock. There's dinner and fellowship till about seven. The service starts at seven. And then at about eight o'clock, we go into our, our little connect groups there on Friday nights. If you're showing up like right at the end of dinner, seven o'clock, and you're there and you're doing worship in the large group and then you leave, like that's what you're putting into it, you know? And there's, and I, in the beginning, that was, I, that was me also, you know, like when I was there, I didn't really feel a need that I needed to be there. I didn't see it yet. And so I was on, like, I was there and I was decking out early, you know? And so, um, and during that phase of my life, I would have said to anybody like, no, I'm not getting, I'm not, it's not for me. You know, um, when I started showing up at the right time and staying for groups and hearing other guys share and getting to share myself, like, that's when I was like, oh, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm feeling it now. You know, I'm, I'm making relationships. It's working for me. And then like you jump into a step study and like, there's a point in the step study that you reach where, and I think that you guys might've touched on it in the last episode, but, um, where rubber meets the road a little bit and you're, you're the book pretty much lays out like, Hey, we got to start writing some stuff down and you got to start having some tough conversations and blah, blah. And that can feel really uncomfortable to, I would, I would venture to say almost everybody and probably everybody, you know, because we're not used to that in our daily life. And so you reach that point, And then if you're like, I can't do that for whatever reason, and you leave, like I could see why you'd say it didn't work for me, but at the same time, you didn't do it. You didn't do that part, you know? And so I, like, it's tough for me being, like, just to be honest like that. And it's, but I come from it in that same place. You know, I started it and I, in the beginning of the step study in those first few weeks, I was like, this is cool, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to stick around. And then when it finally started to click for me, I was like, oh, I see it. And then we got to that, we got to that part where you have to start really digging in and it was really tough. And I started to doubt for a split, you know, for a second and be like, I don't know if this is for me, this is really difficult. And I don't want to have these conversations with people, but seeing, seeing the other guys in that group start to do it themselves and come back the next week and be like, Hey, I had a conversation with so-and-so and I'm just joy and smiles on their face and getting to experience peace that they've never experienced before. I want that. I want a taste of that. And so that's one of those things that kept me going in it. And, and I, I don't, I want to get, um, you know, stereotypical here, uh, because, but I can only speak from a guy's perspective. Yep. Um, cause that's all I've ever been. And, uh, and, and so that's unusual for guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't know how it is for ladies, you, you know, Betty can speak to that, but, but for guys to actually, uh, show that part of themselves yep. is a big step, and 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 it's a, a crucial step. It's an important step. Um, but uh, but when a guy actually gets there, um, I think that's when real growth happens in mm-hmm. their life because they've overcome that stereotype. They've overcome that maybe yeah. even what they've been told their whole life, which was you 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 should be able to do life on your own. Mm-hmm. You should be self. You know, you're you're self reliant. And, and yet the reality of it is, you know, all you have to do is 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 be honest about your own story or look at the lives of others or just look at all the mentors in Scripture who tried yeah. to do things on their own and how did it work for them, it didn't. And so that's just when you say that, it's just powerful because if you've experienced that type of situation as a guy, mm-hmm. you know what a breakthrough that that in of itself is. Yeah. Uh, to share those things with an, with another guy and then and then all of a sudden there's this there's this amazing the growth mm-hmm. that comes out of that you know I, let me let me let me share this and then 
let let you either one of you sort of jump in and talk about it. I, I hear you talking about the gathering and, and what you put into it, it's what you get out of that, and then the next step. You know, it's no different for me than people who um, say church didn't work for them, and, and they came to his services, and then that was it. You know, they didn't learn how to spend time alone with God. They didn't weren't a part of a small group of believers, so they were actually accountable and growing and had a care group around them and didn't do any of those things. So it, it doesn't surprise me um, anymore when people say to me, um, you know, I tried church, it didn't work, and then I asked a similar type of question. Well, what work—I don't ask it this way, but basically, what work did you put into it? You know, were you part of church? If, if, when you say church didn't work for me, that's interesting because we are the church. So I don't I don't know what that means. So were you part of the church? Are you a believer? You know those type of questions, and and so when, when I'm when I'm when I'm what I want to get at with with you in this in this understanding of, of investment and being a part of uh, of these things, um, what would you say to the person who who has shown up? You know for a while. Because here's the other thing: if you're new to church and you need help, you can find it really encouraging for a while. And then all of a sudden you go, it didn't work for me because no longer is the excitement of just attending a service week after week and, and there's value in that. But that's not all of what it means to grow in Christ. Um, and then people fade away. And, they, and it, you know, not, you know what, would you, what would you say to someone who's, who's coming? And I'm sure you know, just being around people who are excited about growing in Christ on a CR night, right, a Friday night, it would be invigorating. It may be new to somebody. You know, it may be scary when they first stepped into it, but after a while, it's sort of exciting. And then, you know, I don't know, several weeks down the road, they go, I'm just not feeling that excitement anymore, you know? And what would you say to that person if that's their only investment? I would tell them to put their agenda down, you know, because when you walk in with your own plan, you don't leave room for God to work. And your own plan has not worked all the way up to the night you walk through the door. Your own plan was not working for you. And so be willing to put that plan down and venture into what God has for you. And it's hard to trust and go where God has not, well, maybe where God had desired to lead you, but you weren't willing to go in the past. And so allow him to lead you and know that he's not going to leave you alone in that journey. And talk to others who've made the journey and who can share their story with you and let you know, yeah, it was hard for me too. I think we compare. And so we see somebody who we feel has has made it and they're doing great and life is good for them. Well, let them break it down for you because it's they may look that way today or you may see some of that in their life because of the hardship that they endured and the things that they did to work it out. So I think most importantly um, – Come with an open heart and not with your agenda, because if you come with your agenda, that's what you'll do. So if you're if you're Elijah, I'll throw this at you. So you know because of your story there. Um, so if you come in and you say, uh, "This is my agenda," right? Like Betty's saying, and it's not really working. There's there's a reality that there is an agenda of CR. That there there is a process. Let's put it that way. It's not that the the process in and of itself has power. It, it's 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 a it's a process God uses. God is the power, but through the process has been seen over and over and over and over again for thirty one plus years, uh, a life changing effect in the lives of people who have been a part of celebrate recovery. And for what's going to be over sixteen years here in a few weeks, um, uh, powering here at, at celebrate recovery at Crosswinds itself. And, and so you know that idea of saying that transition of 
this is what I thought, but I finally said, I'm going to put my agenda down, and I am going to trust the agenda of Celebrate Recovery. And I know it's gender in our culture as a negative stereotype, sure. um, but only because many times we've we've had it negatively influenced on Celebrate Recovery is to gender is, is to positively influence people. Uh, but 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 let's just say program. That's another thing that's become somewhat negative, but the steps, the program, yeah. the process. Um Talk about that because you already said when you did that, there was change. But what would you say to the person who, who's really wrestling with that? Yeah. So I, I – one, one of the guys at CR put it this way once and it's always stuck with me is we use the terminology a lot that celebrate recovery. This is a process and it's a journey. And um, it's not – for the type of journey, it's not a sprint. You know, It's a marathon, if you will. And um, I, I like to think that there's, uh, there's these like – there's these water stops along the way that you need. But if – and, you, you know, you're coming in and you're super thirsty. But if you stop before that next water break, like you're, you left and you're just – it's right there. You know what I mean? You got to keep pushing through it. Um, the reality of it is – and John Baker puts this in the beginning of his – his books at the beginning of the step study books. And I was I just was looking at it to confirm, but he says, he opens and he says, you know, there's a popular saying that says time heals all wounds, but unfortunately that's just not true. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, uh, the, the, the step studies and CR itself as a program is not magic, you know, and some people look at it and they're like, Oh, this takes a year. There's gotta be like, you know, whatever. But it's not. You can still you can coast through a step study, you know, and you can do whatever. Um, it, hopefully, there's some accountability that you've built in your group that kind of stops that from happening, you know. But um, yeah, the 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 pro the the program we'll use that terminology, I guess, of CR is. I love, absolutely love how it's built and how the how <laughs> questions in the books as you go through the step study books are worded in such a ways to get to get you to open up a little bit and to get answers out of you. And um, and that's a good thing in the sense that like, you know, and again, I'll just relate to it as a guy, kind of like you were earlier, like for me coming into it with the questions worded in such a way, it makes me have to think about it and answer it in, in, in the way that it is, in the way that it's written. And so if I, if I commit to it and I say, all right, I'm going to give this everything that I got and answer the questions as honestly as I can and with as much heart as I can, I would be I would be shocked if if you didn't get something out of it and get some healing out of it, you know. It, it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic, and I, I don't consider myself an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but any of us who have been involved in any type of physical uh, uh, situation, you know, whether it be a, a team sport or maybe you're just out swimming. There's a dynamic between knowing the, like the technique of what you need to be doing, and maybe you're not great at it, but you know the technique of what you're doing, and yet you're tense. You're trying so hard to almost make the technique happen that you tire out so quick, and you're like, this, this isn't happening for me. But there's a breakthrough that happens after you you learn the technique. You know, I think of swimming, for instance. You know, and 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 some friends who have had trouble with it. Right? It's because they haven't given themselves to it. They haven't allowed themselves to to give effort, but to almost relax yourself into the technique. 
And, and what I see can happen is, like you said, you can coast through or you can like just sort of go through it roguely and, and, and um, okay, I did the steps, I wrote something down. Um, but when you really throw yourself into something, and, and like Betty was encouraging, you know, really submit yourself to the process, there's a level of relaxing that needs to happen, mm-hmm. a level of trust, a level of saying, okay, I'm placing myself in God's hands and these people's hands, right? I mean, there's a lot of trust there. I'm going to exhale, and I'm going to put myself into this thing. And, and that's where the growth happens. That's where the breakthrough happens. That's where the moments of, wow, this is still hard. You know, I, I, you know uh, I'm still breaking a sweat to use the sports analogy again. But I'm, in, I'm enjoying even the pain. You know, because I'm seeing benefits. And I realize as I work through this, um, in the end, I'm going to celebrate something accomplished in my life. You know, whether it's sports analogy, whether it's the game, whether whether it's I never thought I could do 100 push-ups. And uh, I've gone through one of those programs and I've submitted myself. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. This program's never going to work. I'll never be able to do that. And then here you are six months later doing 100 push-ups, right? Uh, the, the, re- the growth is that way too. It's, it's no different. In, uh, our soul care is not much different from our physical care in that it takes time, repetition, and a surrender to something that's going to get us to whatever that goal is. And if the goal for someone is is life change, healing, you know, a deeper walk with God, a, a walk that ripples through their life in, into every other relationship they have, lean into it. Mm-hmm. You know, lean into it. And uh, and I said this, and I'm going to give you guys a chance to sort of give a wrapping thought, rapid thought, but I, a wrap up thought. But um, last week, I, I, I in the last episode, I, I talked about the fact that you know I'm not saying celebrate recoveries for everybody. Um, but it is an effective plan uh, for healing and growth and overcoming. Um, and if it's not this, what is your plan? You know, I mean, that, that would be my, 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 my challenge for anyone out there who hasn't prayerfully considered celebrate recovery. What is your plan then? And there are other ministries, other things that you can do that do bring this type of healing, but, but they too have been tried and tested, right? We've chosen CR because it's been effective for us for, for what's going to be coming up in a week or so over, over 16 years of, of people's life change. And, and Betty, you gave a number. You said, you know, just people who've come in and out uh, of the ministry. I mean, a rough number. It's probably a low estimate. Is how many people did you say? I would imagine around 1,700 people. Yeah, 1,700 people, you know. And so it, this isn't new. It's, it's not like I love what Elijah just said, you know. If, I can't even imagine, he said, right? If you go through this, it's not going to be change, life-changing to you if you put yourself into it. And so with that understanding, you know, there's some people listening right now who maybe at the beginning of the podcast uh, thought, I don't think this is going to be for me. And, uh, you know, I'm going to listen because I think it may be for someone else. Um, and it might still be. Um, but as they're prayerfully considering if this is for them, what would be, uh, I'll start with Elijah first, and then I'll come to Betty. Elijah, what would what would be your last sort of parting word on the topic for this episode? I would say um, I started coming to CR, like I said, for no reasons that have anything to do with, I think, anything that you'd normally start going to CR for, you know. And because in my mind, I was like, and we have shirts about it, which is really funny, but it's like, I don't, I'm not one of those people, you know, I don't, I am not 
a, I'm not addicted to substance A, B, or C. You know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in a bad relationship. I'm not any, you know, whatever it is that pops into your mind first when you think about those things. But um, when I, when I just started coming really quick and God started to open my eyes to some things, it was like, hey, you may not be dealing with this, but you are hurt here and you you need some healing here and in this and that. And um, I would just say is – I like how you said it. Is, it. is it for everybody? I don't know. My heart tells me it could be, you know, just because of how much life change I've experienced from it. But if you are sitting there and you – have been hurt by anything. I think it's worth a shot because there's there's hope and healing and peace that we as believers and Christians know only come from Christ. And to be able to jump into a community and a program that's based solely on that healing and that peace and the relationships that come from that and the power of Christ. Man, like I you know what I can't I can't think of something better to give it a shot to, you know. Buddy, piggybacking on that, and I'm going to give you a chance to sort of say your last word for the episode type thing. But um, I, I'm, I'm thinking through this. So let's say I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ, right? Maybe I've been a Christian for weeks or months, doesn't matter. Um, but I'll say I've been a follower of Christ for, for a while, and I have invested. In other words, you know, not only am I regularly attending a weekend service, I'm serving. Maybe I'm in a small group, probably am in a small group, you know, and um, – actually am pretty regular at spending time alone with God, and I've stalled in my spiritual walk. Like, I'm doing these things, which are important, right? But I feel like I'm stalled. Would you agree that it could be that there's a deeper work for God wants to reveal to you that celebrate recovery can be that, that tool of God to help someone not be stuck in their walk with him anymore. I mean, I'm not saying that would be the answer for everyone's sort of stall moment, but could it be, you know, that that there's a, that there's something, a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up that maybe isn't even noticeable to the person themselves, that if they would come and engage, they may be able to work through. And, and in other words, that, that celebrate recovery, when we talk about healing and change, that it's really discipleship. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of the day, what you would learn, experience there isn't going to hurt anybody, but very well could take that person who's maybe stuck and help them become unstuck and, 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 and proceed in a healthier and more vibrant way with Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, sin separates us from God. It doesn't matter what the sin is. It's those things that begin to take root. Even and if we don't see them. Even if we don't see them. And we are all sinners. Scripture tells yeah. us that. And the Lord tells us in this world we will have trouble. So you're not alone in that. In fact, if you believe in the promises of God's word and what he teaches us, then you will have trouble. And he has provided a space that is safe for you to come and find healing from that area, for you to come and be able to say, okay, I got to get this out of my life because it is blocking my ability to be full into God's purpose and plan for my life. And I'm very passionate about helping people to see that uh, there is more. 
that they can do. And if you are looking to God to be able to provide, if he's given you a purpose in your life, he wants to provide everything that you need to fulfill that purpose. And imagine, just imagine what could be accomplished if people uh, would pursue that. It's To me, it's amazing. And so Celebrate Recovery is not going to heal you. It's God who's going to heal you. Celebrate Recovery is a means that he uses because of the people. And I'll tell you, if our leadership team and our participants, and if we aren't right with God, how can he use us? And so we have to be on track with that as well. And so that's why when Elijah said he's been through four step studies, it's not that he went through one and and is hashing through the same thing. He's leading it, but gosh, God is revealing things in that leading that maybe he didn't even recognize. And he can now in the end uh, of that particular study, find more joy and more purpose to be able to fulfill the plan because Celebrate Recovery is helping him to understand the tools needed in order to do that. And so, you know, it's that analogy of the toolbox. And there's so many different tools in there that you need, uh, understanding how to use them well and not to be afraid of them is so important. I don't know if that's helping. Is that your final word? You got another... I think That's I'm good, good just, just to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, I would just echo my challenge from last week and the challenge that I've been making uh, even in this episode uh, several times. You know, if, you, um, if you're sitting out there and listening to this and you at least have taken the time to, to, to listen to, to what this, uh, these two have to say about the 12-step studies and then if you listen to last week's CR, and so you've put some time into, this, into these episodes. And so if you're prayerfully considering um, whether CR is for you, Celebrate Recovery is for you, there's no better time to jump in, as, as Betty has emphasized before. You can jump in any week. There's never a bad time, but this may be a great time. Uh, especially if it's God's time for you to, to get in to celebrate recovery. And uh, the 16th is is uh, Friday night and uh, Friday. next Friday. And so, uh, yeah, if you can jump in, if you say, well, I can't make it that Friday, well, don't put it off forever, um, but take the step. Uh, go on out, check it out. Um, see, you know, and by the way, if you're praying about it, maybe, maybe the next step is to say, I'm going to go show up and then pray even more. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe praying about it and say, "Man, I just don't feel one way, one way or the other what I should do here." Go show up, and then, and then let that time being there um, be part of your prayer of what God has for you. But I thank you so much, Elijah and, and Betty, for being a part of this episode, and and for um, both of you are leaders within the ministry. But Betty, for leading up the ministry of Subway Recovery, what a what a powerful ministry! And it, it's not a, just a ministry of um, crosswinds; it, it is crosswinds. And so, you know, anything we do here is who we are. It's it's not something separate from the church as a whole because we are the church. And so, thank you for for the work you you've done there for many many years. Um, as always, I. I want to encourage you that if you want to learn more about Crosswinds but or this podcast, and I'll throw out Celebrate Recovery, go to crosswinds.church. That's, that's where you'll find out all things Crosswinds, uh, Celebrate Recovery being a part of our church. You'll be able to find uh, some great information there, a way to contact us. If you have any thoughts about upcoming episodes, topics you'd like to have discussed or people brought on, why don't you uh, just uh, send us some information through the website there, and we'll do the best we can to to, to be as uh, real and relevant as we can uh, with with those requests. For now, 
be blessed and bless others. And I hope you uh, uh, not only come next week uh, to listen, and when I say come, wherever you are, just uh, to be able to download, listen to this podcast. And if it has been of any help to you, uh, share it with a friend. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed.